Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Shiro Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Vanderpool. Good. Glad you're here. We have a really interesting topic today. It's interesting for me um, with my legal background, but also, you know, a lot of people just casually, socially have been talking to me about this all week. And it's the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial that's currently going on in Virginia. And I was committed to staying out of this because it's kind of salacious and it's kind of silly and I feel like it's just self-indulgent, but at the same time, it's kind of interesting. And the other day I was on YouTube and you know how YouTube can like show you things you didn't even know you wanted to see. So I'm on YouTube and um, they have a clip of one of the things and it's this, this thing that Amber heard. It's part of the testimony from the trial from... Um, the Law and Crime Network, which is one I really trust. They're showing actual clips, not just people commenting. So you can actually watch portions of the trial without having to watch, you know, the really long uh, court process stuff. So um, it was this clip of a video that Amber Heard had taken unbeknownst to Johnny Depp when he was very drunk and kind of in a rage. And I thought, wow, you know, this is classic abuser you know, uh, behavior, all of it. This is really interesting. And it sort of sucked me into the whole thing. So, you know, my off time with a little glass of wine, I've been watching these clips and getting really discouraged, you know, watching my childhood just crumble, my idol just crumble. And also, you know, thinking about a lot of the legal differences and what's happening and, and kind of the state that we're in, you know, because not only is this trial going on, but it's going on during a time when a lot of people are suffering in the world. There's a war, there's still a pandemic, and it it just seems really, really, I don't know, is it insignificant? Is it not? We're going to discuss that today. So let's get to the basics of what's actually happening in this trial. Um, so Johnny, and I'm going to give you a little background of their history and then the legal history, just in case, you know, you may not know. So Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, who is the actress from Aquaman, she... Um, they formally split in 2016. They had been married. But the the reason for all of this is that in 2018, Amber Heard wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post, and she described surviving domestic violence. She didn't mention Depp by name, but, you know, everybody sort of, it was implied, everybody sort of knew that the article was about him, given all of the things that have gone on in the past. So Depp brings suit in Virginia, which is the, the trial that's going on now, and he sues Heard for $50 million in damages. The reason he picked Virginia, just a side note, is that it's the home state for the Washington Post. So, you know, it's probably the best legally. It's the best place for him to sort of go after that whole concept in case he goes after the Post later. I don't know. And the Heard is countersuing for $100 million for defamation on her own, claiming that not only was she or that she was only violent with Depp in self-defense or defense of her younger sister. So it's worth noting that Depp has been saying all along that he's been wronged. He's never been abusive with her, that she's the one who's been abusive the whole time. And so what you're going to see is him in court um, pointing out the instances where she's been abusive and she's done things to him. And you're going to see her defending that once she starts to open her case in chief, probably in the next week or so. But this case is going to keep going for several weeks. The other thing you're going to want to note about this Virginia trial is that there are seven jurors. So it's a jury that's hearing all of these information and hearing these actors 
testified and, and they're they're good actors for a reason. I'll get to that later, but Johnny Depp, man, he's no joke. So I'm going to talk about what I think about his testimony um, in a little bit. But, you know, th this is going to be up to a jury to decide. And the, these jurors, you know, maybe they watched and loved 21 Jump Street like I did was a, when I was a little girl. And Johnny Depp was their everything. I'm just saying. Maybe that happened to them and they're still extremely loyal. Who knows? The odds of Depp being favored slightly in this are a little bit higher just because, um, just because Depp is a little more well-known, you know, after Pirates of the Caribbean, he's kind of a household name. It, people love him. He, he's kind of this lovable rogue, this, this Captain Jack type that he plays. So it, it, the other thing that's concerning to me, too, is being on social media and seeing the way that his fans are hitting out and attacking Hurt. It's, it, it reminds me of the Michael Jackson syndrome, you know, when when the, the news was coming out in court that he had... Um, you know, uh, that people were testifying against him and saying he, he abused them and people just refused to hear it. They refused to look past the celebrity. So that's another interesting um, aspect. I see that we have callers on the line. Um, hang on, callers. I'm going to get to you. I want to hear what you have to say, but I got to go through a few more intro stuff things first, okay? So their relationship timeline, real quick. Let me just jot this down for you so that you're we're all caught up. In 2009, Depp and Heard met on filming of The Rum Diary, which was the movie about um, Hunter Thompson. And so nothing really happened romantically formally at that, at that point because uh, Depp was married to Vanessa Parody, um, and they'd been together a long time. They had two kids. So it wasn't until 2012 when um, Depp and Parody, you know, broke up that he and Amber Heard started seeing each other. And then in 2014, the engagement is confirmed through the press. 2015, they get married in a private ceremony in Australia. But this is interesting to me. The couple gets in a lot of trouble for sneaking in their dogs illegally to the country. And Heard eventually gets charged with two counts of illegally importing um, her dogs and one count of producing a false document. And then the two of them together do this apology video. So that's really interesting. You know, it, it, I don't know. It, it it goes it it goes to you know prior acts and and if people are willing to break the law and was it just Amber Heard was it Johnny Depp who really did it who kind of went through those barriers and and didn't adhere to the law and and was lying I don't know in 2016 Heard files for divorce she also requests a grant a temporary restraining order against Depp and at that time she claims that Depp had thrown a phone at her and it left her eye bruised I know a lot of you have seen those pictures of her those side pictures of her with a bruised you know cheekbone under her eye so that's what that relates to um in that declaration for the restraining order Heard says quote during the entirety of our relationship, Johnny Depp has been verbally and physically abusive to me. He has a short fuse. He is often paranoid and his temper is exceptionally scary for me. She also, you know, states at that time that she was living, quote, in fear that Johnny will return to our house unannounced to terrorize me physically and emotionally. Um, at that time, a judge rejected Heard's request for um she had asked that Depp attend a year's worth of anger management classes, and she also wanted the restraining order extended to their two dogs, but the judge rejected that, but he did um, give her the temporary restraining order. It was just very limited. Uh, the police never charged Johnny Depp um, for any of these alleged crimes. Um, he's always denied doing it. Um, 
they go through all of this, they go through this tumultuous time, but then later they ultimately, you know, figure it out, get it together, issue a joint statement saying they'd settle their divorce, <laughs> quoting, quote, our relationship was intentionally passionate and at times volatile, volatile, but always bound by love. Um, and that Amber Heard would be donating any of the proceeds from the settlement to charity, which is something that's used against her a lot by his fans that claiming she's a gold digger and that she hasn't done that. I don't, I haven't researched the status of what she's done with the settlement or not done, but that's neither here nor there. If she wins the settlement, if it's her award, it's hers to do with what she will. I'm not going to judge that. Okay. So the other thing you need to know as we head into this is in uh, 2020, uh, Johnny Depp sued The Sun, which is a UK newspaper in England. Um, they published an article that called him, quote, a wife beater and claimed that he assaulted Amber Heard. And so Johnny Depp takes The Sun to court for libel and he sues in the British courts um, and he denies there that he ever abused Heard. And the interesting thing is this judge is heard by just or this case is just heard by one judge. So rather than this jury of seven people like we have in Virginia right now, we've got one Judge Justice Nickel, who's hearing all of the evidence and hearing the case. And Justice Nickel found for the son, um, saying that the paper had proved what was in the article to be, quote, substantially true. So that's the legal standard in the UK. He also made a point, the judge did, to say that that he found that 12 of the 14 alleged incidents of domestic violence had occurred. Um, and this is after hearing everybody's testimony and all of the facts. So he's saying that he believes 12 out of the 14 alleged incidences of spousal abuse. Um, the judge at this point in the UK highlights three incidents where Miss where Depp had put Amber Heard in, quote, fear for her life. And he details one of those incidences. And that was in Australia, 2015. I'm going to come back to this because. There's, gonna, there's a lot of testimony on this already in the current Virginia case because it's a really weird situation. These two have had some really strange interactions and altercations back and forth. They're very eccentric. They're actors. But this Australian situation, um, Depp allegedly was physically and, and verbally abusive. He was drinking heavily and taking drugs. Now, throughout the Virginia case, he admits to his heavy drug use. He talks about how he's used drugs basically his whole life. So it's not, you know, beyond the pale that that would be happening. In fact, he even admitted on the stand in this Virginia trial that during the uh, Australia incident, yeah, he was in fact doing drugs and drinking heavily. Um, he accused Amber Heard, though, of severing his finger. Um, his finger was cut off. Um, and the judge didn't accept this and said she wasn't responsible. And it was a little crazy, but What's even worse is this incident, like Johnny Depp has his finger severed, okay? I'm not going to say if he did it, I'm not going to say if she did it, because I'm not sure where I want to go on that yet. But he then proceeds to scrawl in blood all over their mirror, like messages to her. That to me is not the behavior of a person who has just been injured and is trying to protect themselves from, you know, an ongoing assault. It's very strange. The judge in in that instance, about that instance, went on to say, quote, it's a sign of the depth of his rage that he admitted to scrawling graffiti and blood from his injured finger. And then when that was insufficient, dipping his badly injured finger in paint and continuing to write messages and other things. Um, the judge said, quote, I accept her evidence of the nature of the assaults committed against her. They must have been terrifying. 
So Amber Heard testified in this case and it kind of became a default, you know, him against her, even though it was really Johnny Depp in the UK suing the Sun newspaper. And, you know, Johnny Depp lost. And it had kind of gone away until he sued her again for defamation after this um, after this op-ed that was published in the Washington Post. The case in the UK was 16 days long. I think the case here in Virginia is going to go longer. I think it's going to be a week or so longer. Um, but, you know, after that verdict came in in the UK, Heard's lawyer said, you know, kind of made a, an interesting statement that it wasn't a surprise and soon we're going to be presenting even more voluminous evidence in the U.S. So uh, when Amber Heard begins her case in chief, when Johnny Depp rests, it'll be interesting to see what they bring and if it's any new information. Um, so, you know, the burden for proof, I'm going to go over a few legal things. The burden for proof in libel for the standard in the U.K. is you can defend um, the Part, the proof is on the party or the burden is on the party who's accused of damaging someone's reputation. So the son had to hold the burden of proof that the words they used were in fact true, that they were factually accurate and that that couldn't be disproved. And that was the son's defense against Mr. Depp. And the judge found that they had proven uh, their case that Mr. Depp was in fact a wife beater and that the, the, that wording was justified. So the standard in the U.S. is also truth in that somebody can claim libel against someone and a defense for libel, the burden of proof then goes on to the defendant, but the, the defense of libel is truth. So if Amber Heard can go in now and successfully prove to this jury that she was in fact a victim of abuse, Johnny Depp's going to lose. So that's kind of where we stand at this point. Um, I, I want to get into talking about his odd testimony, but I'm going to take a call right now from a caller. Let's see. Oh, it's my mom. Fantastic. So once again, in case you don't know, my mom is a former judge and prosecutor. She has a lot of experience with domestic violence cases. So maybe she's got something interesting to say about that. Welcome How's it to going? It's going well. Thank, Thank you. you so much. <laughs> How did you feel about my little intro there? I thought it was informative and it was a whole lot of information that I knew that I had heard before. Um, so it gives a good background. Um, my your thoughts? area of expertise, if you will, um, well, I, I thought it was the background that you gave was interesting. And um, I, you posed a question at the very beginning is this insignificant? Is this whole issue insignificant with Johnny Depp? Mm -hmm. I would say the issue isn't insignificant. The issue of domestic violence is, of course, very significant and very serious to many, many people. And it's a cultural ill in our society these days. Um, but Yeah, insignificant was the wrong word. Um, I meant to say frivolous in well, that we've sort of already settled these issues. And it just seems like they are two egos that are kind of battling at this point. Um, I just... Point. Want, want to be clear that I think domestic violence is incredibly important and I don't want to diminish anyone's experience. Right. So thank you for that. Oh, sure. I, I, um, I think that the insignificant part of the Johnny Depp issue is the self-indulgence, the publicity, okay. the feeding their own egos. They're reliving all of these 
perceived and real harms that they've suffered through with each other. And who the hell cares? I'm right. Sorry. Now, it's okay. But, have you have you watched any of the video of the testimony? I've listened to some of it. And it it's just very, I listened to some of uh, Johnny Depp's um, testimony. And I listened to um, a recording of some kind that she had made where they were having a conversation with each other. Right. About what it was being played for his benefit, probably introduced by his lawyer to defend what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know what, that was interesting to me too. I'm somebody who, you know, this, I've been a fan of Johnny Depp my whole life. I remember when we used to have to rush home to see 21 Jump Street because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't DVR it. And unless you were videotaping it on a VCR, you missed it. So you had to be sitting in front of it to see it. Remember? I remember those days. Sunday nights, Sunday nights, I had to be watching my 21 Jump Street. So, um, you know, I, I had an idea of who I thought Johnny Depp was. Keep in mind, I, I understand that people are people and nobody is completely who they are and everybody has their foibles. But what's interesting to me is how in watching all these clips, I feel like there are times when Johnny Depp really is that person I thought he was. You know, when he was doing his background testimony about his younger childhood and his experiences with violence. Now it's important to note both Heard and Depp claim that they were brought up in violent scenarios, you know, around violence. And, and that doesn't surprise me. It certainly doesn't surprise me for Johnny Depp and his testimony where he's explaining his mother's volatility and instability and need for, you know, self-medication and all of that. It, it was not a far leap to see, it, it was pretty easy to see where somebody could develop those abusive habits themselves if they if they grew up in that type of environment. At the same time, I felt like his testimony then was very authentic, very real, very from the heart, and very charming, like the standard Johnny Depp that you're used to. He has the ability as a storyteller to really pull people in and to kind of mesmerize people. That kind of works against him, though, at other times I've noticed, like when Amber Heard's uh, attorney is giving uh, cross-examination and they're kind of fight, not fighting, but they're kind of battling over the words. And Johnny Depp is trying to use his you know, really slow, deliberate cadence. It doesn't work as well. And it comes off as kind of befuddled and a little like there were times where I'm like, well, what's he on now? If he admits to self-medicating all the time, I hope somebody's asked him if he's on any drugs currently today and what those are, because he's, it's very drawn out. It's very, he's not a quick speaker. It, it, it doesn't serve him there. And it also doesn't make him appear terribly honest with some of his answers. He, he tends to evade certain things by restating how they are rather than just answering the question. The other problem I have with this is that, you know, there's a complete other trial in the UK where he has given sworn testimony about what happened. So they're taking testimony about these same things and and he's already given sworn testimony and you and I both know he can be perjured with that. So he can be he can, he can yeah, he can perjure himself if he says if he disagrees and says something wrong, he can be impeached with that testimony and it can be brought in. And you know there were a couple of times where the defense lawyer was about to do that to keep him on track. I got to tell you, remember when I called you and I was like, this defense lawyer is killing me because his cross exam is terrible. 
he he cannot <laughs> there's this thing when for um trial attorneys compound questions some people have a really hard time with them some attorneys but the man cannot cross without a compound question and he was there were objections left and right that were getting constantly sustained he just he he was not good at breaking down the questions for Deb. So that was driving me crazy because there were constant objections and interruptions, but that was interesting. Um, the other, you know, there were, there, there are so many, how many events also can two people have that are so bizarre and extreme and just not normal experiences that we're supposed to go, okay, this is normal. This is normal. This is acceptable. Like how many of these can they explain away? Like, I guess my question to you, mom, with all of your trial experiences, you know, there's a, there's an Occam's razor theory, which is the simplest explanation is usually the truth. And the more dramatic and detailed the explanation gets, the farther away from the truth someone is. Have you noticed in your practice that when you're dealing with people in these cases, domestic violence abusers, that, that they tend to make these elaborate excuses for why the actions are justified? The people who are defending their actions always make self-serving statements. That's not what I said. Well, I think, I think that gets to the heart of what you're saying. No, it doesn't. I'm saying making statements that are really, like, if you're trying to explain a really bizarre thing that happened, and then your explanation is even more bizarre than the thing that happened, and you're expecting a jury to go, oh, yeah, I buy that. For instance, let me give you an example. Johnny Depp claiming Amber Heard severed his finger, and then he proceeds to start writing messages to her on a mirror in blood. And when he runs out of blood, dips his finger in red paint so that he can keep going. That's certainly bizarre. Right? That's bizarre. That's bizarre to me, too. And I've been watching him testify about this. And, and to him, it's, you know, I'm an eccentric man. I'm an actor. I, I had all of these things that I, I had to say in the moment. I think he fashions himself a poet, like a Renaissance poet guy of types. I don't know. It's it's a little strange. But it, it doesn't seem like even, I, I don't know, maybe if you're really strung out on drugs, maybe I, I don't know. It just seems like you're not that concerned about the actual injury and therefore you, you're not trying to protect. Like somebody's coming after you and cutting off your finger you would think somebody would flee. I don't know. It's just bizarre. And there is, you know, it's one after the other, after the other, after the other with these two. And so what really painted, I think the most honest picture for me was the video uh, that Amber Heard had taken of Johnny Depp in a kitchen when he was in the early morning, when he was really drunk and he was getting really aggressive in this video, he doesn't hit her. He doesn't strike her, but he's verbally aggressive and he's slamming cabinets and he's blaming her for everything. And she's trying to keep things calm. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And he's, you know, you did this and you did this. And I told you, it just seemed so on point with like typical abusers and how it happens. And I, I, that to me was probably the most telling thing that I've seen so far. Mom. <laughs> right. Okay. There's not a question before me. If you want, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will, but you got to ask it. Uh, I guess I was just, that was my point. Okay. Did you have any, <laughs> did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Well, uh, I think, I think what you're saying is. Let me ask you a question. I have a question for you now. 
Okay. As somebody who you've always liked Johnny Depp, but you certainly, I wouldn't consider you to be like a fan like I was growing up, you know? So as somebody who liked him and, you know, was fine either way, what, what's your opinion on all of this? What's your takeaway so far? Well, I think that he has a public persona that he, he, that makes him well liked among the public. I, I think people like his public persona and that's why he's such a popular actor. He's also a really good actor. So to try to determine what is acting and what is real would be very difficult with him, but that's up to the jury and they're seeing him. They're listening to him in real time. They're judging all kinds of things, body language and whether it makes sense in the moment and how bizarre it is and all those kinds of things. Um, so my take on it is that this is a publicity stunt and they're really, really getting a lot of jollies off of it. The two of them are, they both are, they love it it for that reason. Yeah. You agree with Howard Stern. Is is that, is that disturbing to you? (laughs) (laughs) It was disturbing to me. I was reading his take on it and I was like, uh, that was pretty much the perfect take take just that they're both narcissists that need this constant attention. Yeah. You know, I haven't heard Amber Heard's case in chief in chief yet. I, I'm going to leave things open. I, I don't, I do believe that Johnny Depp has been abusive to Amber Heard from what I've seen. And I, I would, I would throw out his case, but I'm also at this point leaning toward like they both, both of their cases kind of need to be chucked out and they need a stern lecture, like stop wasting everybody's time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they have both been abusive to each other. Um, But the thing that concerns me about all of this is that they are diminishing the, perception of domestic violence as really serious um, and deadly right? Uh, in, in most ways that it really is uh, by, by doing all these histrionic things and, and basically feeding their own egos. It bothers right. me that that's the, that's the focus of what they're doing. And it is in a domestic violence context, but but most domestic violence is deadly serious. Yes. And what, what concerns me uh, as a woman who supports other women and who believes other women when they make claims of domestic violence as a default, it worries me that we have a woman who has written an op-ed, which is her right to do, for a, a paper about an issue that needs coverage, that needs attention, and Depp was not even mentioned by name. And yet he is attacking out as if his reputation has been injured because everybody's going to quote, no, it was him she was talking about. It's kind of like, you know, she didn't even say your name. She didn't even say, why, why are we going there? Just, just let it go. If you're this confident that it never happened, why don't you write an op-ed about what abuse you suffered to get the word out? Because the real issue here is the, is the violence and is the abuse. And that's something we should be focused on rather than our reputations back and forth and back and forth. You know, that, that did, yeah, I agree. It does. It keeps perpetuating the problem. I agree completely. Okay, well, thanks so much for calling in. You're welcome. Okay, I'll I'm going to take an, listen to the rest of it. Um, off I'm going to take another caller. Thanks. Uh-huh. Okay, next we have Liz. 
Liz, go ahead and unmute yourself and then ask me your question or tell me what you think. Gonna have to hit the unmute button. Hi there. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. What 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 have you got? What what do you think? So I have a couple of things for okay. you. Um the first thing that I have for you is the Johnny Depp that you love from your childhood in 21 Jump Street mm -hmm. still exists. Mm -hmm. The Johnny Depp that you see today is not the Johnny Depp that you love. The Johnny Depp that you see today is the Johnny Depp that happened over the years of his expanding narcissism mm -hmm. and substance abuse disorders. Well, and you know what? You know what I found to be difficult? I, I agree with that. You know what I found to be difficult when I was watching some of these clips was he seems incredibly insightful about his own behavior in so mm -hmm. many ways. He, the way he just, he describes, you know, how he has used drugs to medicate, why he's done it, who, what he's come from, why he does this, why he does that, where the mm -hmm. rage, he seems like he's very educated in, in his own behavior and why he does it. And then when it comes time to assess how he's really acting out, he just turns a blind eye and, oh, that didn't happen. And that's really surprising to me because I'm thinking, well, here appears to be a man who's really introspective and who's really good at, at looking things and who, you know, as an actor, dissects everything and wants to get to the meat of everything and look at everything. And he's got it half down here. I mean, he's looking at really tough things about himself. And then he gets to this to this part and he just like there is a wall up. You know, I was watching his testimony. He was talking about his dad and he said his dad is who's still alive is this gentle, really regal man. And I think Depp fashions himself like his dad and his dad never raised a hand, never responded to his mom's physical abuse. And rather than admit that it's possible that he may be behaving in in a lot of ways like his mom and his dad, it's like he's clinging to this idea that, oh, no. I am my father. I would never raise my hand. And part of me keeps thinking, well, you know, I've seen videos so far of you in the States you've been in and, you know, that little scrawling with your finger in blood on the way, like you could not have been in a good state. I don't know how you know what you would do. I don't know how you know that you would control your rage in that. I don't know how you can say that unequivocally, you know? Well, quite frankly, that little scrawling in blood was pretty um, Pirates of the Caribbean, frankly, Why? You think? Well, my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, but there, there's a thing that happens. And as a person with um, some, ex some extensive experience with both individual and um, uh, with persons with substance abuse disorders, as well as um, both personal experience as a victim survivor and a witness, um, from a third party perspective, as well as from a involved party perspective. Uh -huh. Um, the, one of the things that, that happens is we have to protect the disease at all costs because at the moment, are you talking about addiction? The, the, whatever substance abuse. Yes. Okay. We have to protect okay. that. When we're within that, when we're within that place, the protection of the disease is our number one priority. So okay. we can have moments of brilliance and moments of incredible 
insight and healing and and well let me ask you this there was a point where he came off he he admits that he had an opioid addiction and he talks very openly about his need to 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 get off of it and the help that he got and how you know he can't go it's like he's he's done all the work with the opioids you know so he could admit that but he's in such denial about everything else Without being someone, without diagnosing him. Right, of course. Can't. All right. Um, Let me just say from personal experience, um, as a professional and as an individual, you can't only treat one substance. Right. The substance, you you can name it whatever you want, but but whether it's opioids or alcohol or Xanax or whatever it is, you can't. So you're saying you're saying the addiction. So you're saying the addiction is keeping him in denial in, in that respect. That's he's, that's he's in protection. Him. He's in protection okay. mode of his disease and his addiction. There's no sense. such thing as kind of sober. You, I mean, it's right. like pregnant. You either right. are or you aren't. That's you're either really sober point. or you're not. That's a really good point. Additionally, though, with Amber Heard, I mean, there are very there are documented instances of, of some, although not to the degree of his, of physical violence in her past relationships as well as her current, as well as her one with Johnny Depp. So what's actually happening here, and she may not have the substance abuse disorders, but she definitely has the, some other issues. And I think they're mutually combative narcissists that are so busy right fighting right now because they cannot allow, you know, a narcissist cannot allow someone to win. Right. And they are going to do everything they can to win. Without I've just never seen, you know, it's interesting. I've never seen a narcissist behave in a way like Johnny Depp does where you're so on one hand, so completely aware of your behaviors and accepting of your, your fallibilities. And then on the other hand, in denial, like usually with narcissism, it's complete denial, you know? Well, and there's a good chance that, that some of his more severe personality traits, whatever you want to call them, like the narcissism are exacerbated, obviously. by Right. The we don't, and we don't know what medical diagnoses either of these two and, have yet. And who knows? Right. I mean, right. Speaking from experience, I can tell, I can, there are people that the difference between them in their disease and them in their recovery is quite literally night and day. Right. And again, um, neither of us are experts. <laughs> we're just, we're just giving not, our opinion here. So, not experts. Um, just to recap. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Liz. Thanks You're for coming in. Those were valuable. And that was valuable input. Thank you so much. Um, okay. I'm going to leave it open for any other callers just for another few minutes or so as I get ready to wrap this up. I just think it's a very, it's an interesting proposition. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like to make my judgments until I hear everybody's testimony. But at this point, in my mind, I'm leaning toward, you know, both of their cases need to be thrown out and they need a stern lecture. Um, It's very clear that Johnny Depp is or has been abusive with Amber Heard, at least uh, emotionally and verbally. So, you know, it's not that he would, you know, in in a rage with drugs or anything else, possibly do something physically. So it's interesting. And I'm really curious to see what this jury of his peers who are likely Johnny Depp fans, or at one point were Johnny Depp fans, what they think. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time as usual speaking with you and I will see you next week um, on Thursday at five o'clock and I hope to see you then. Thanks. Bye.